0: Well, hello, you lovelies, and welcome back to another episode of the Content Collective podcast. I have a gorgeous episode for you today. We have another guest episode, and I am super, super excited for this one. Just to, uh, just to give you a heads up, guys, you might already hear it. I am full of cough and cold. I'm sounding extremely nasal, but we're rolling with it. So, uh, so go with me. Can pretend it's my Phoebe from Friends, kind of sexy voice kind of thing going on um anyway today we have the amazing katherine bradfield and recently i actually met her very recently and we struck up a bit of a conversation and i just thought to myself this woman is an entrepreneur and i mean i don't mean that in the sense that you know everybody that's freelance or that has their business they they have they are entrepreneurial but this woman i was like She's an entrepreneur. She's my kind of person. She's got a similar brain to me. I can feel it. And I knew that we needed to have this conversation. So uh, here we are. Catherine, welcome to the pod.
1: Hello. Good morning. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm
0: super, super excited for this conversation. So Catherine works in the same industry as me. She is also a wedding planner, but based over in Italy. Although we'll go into that, I'm sure, in a lot more detail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's way more to that. There's way more to that. But let's, um, let's take it back a bit before we sort of dive into your business and, and what you do and what it's all about. Because, I mean, I really, really want to go there. But talk to me about what you wanted to be when you were little and kind of like your journey a little bit through to sort of becoming a wedding planner. Like, I mean, that's a very broad question to so go with it how you how you
1: want. <laughs> yeah, I'll try not to be too long winded. Um, I find this a really hard question and it's something that's sort of like, you know, always crops up in conversation, but I just, I don't really have an answer because I don't think I ever had one thing that I really wanted to be like I thought I did and I went through phases, but I mean, I certainly didn't want to be a wedding planner initially I didn't even know what they did didn't even know it was a career opportunity so I think that's a lesson in itself that like you know don't let the school system kind of set you on something kind of get a feel for things as you go through um and then see what you're sort of passionate about but um you know make good evaluations along the way because I think that I mean I don't know where to start really let's start with the school system um I always like sort of academic in school let's call it academic Mm -hmm. um and that was sort of always my pathway I was always going to go to university and that was kind of the path that was kind of set for me I would say um looking back obviously at the time you don't sort of realize that but our school system is quite fixed in that way um and I always was going to go to university that's how it was um and basically in school I loved various different subjects you know, I thought I wanted to be a lawyer at one point, I thought I wanted to be maybe like a doctor, I went through all of those different things, um, but realistically I didn't actually know. Um, and I remember my parents told me a story because I think I was too young to remember this sort of have a vague memory, but we went to see a pantomime in our local village and I was one of the children that got like pulled up on stage and they kind of go through like talking to the children, I must have been like I don't know three or four or something like that. Um, and they asked the children, know, how old are you? What's your name? And one of the questions was, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, and apparently I answered a nobody. I said that I wanted to be a nobody. And I'm like, looking back, I'm like, I'm trying to psychoanalyze that in some way to understand what that actually meant. But clearly, even at the age of three or four, I had absolutely no concept of anything. But I said that I wanted to be a nobody and everyone else actually had like a profession. I think someone said like a fireman, someone else said like I don't know doctors or you know actual like career goals. I I said that I wanted to be a nobody and um, I don't yeah I need to go back and to analyse that because I haven't quite worked out yet but it's quite an interesting (laughs) response at that age
0: absolutely
1: yeah Um, yeah so I mean I don't know if that was just kind of setting my pathway for actually not knowing what I wanted to do or actually maybe it was setting my pathway for not having um, any idea and kind of letting things take me I really don't know Um, So yeah, through school, sort of like, was very academic, um, didn't struggle with school. School's really easy. Sometimes I think I'd like to go back to school because that was the easiest time of my life, basically. Which I know isn't for everybody and it's sometimes actually the flip side, you know, some people are like, oh, school's really difficult, but actually now I'm in the outside world, that's easier, I can, you know, do more things. Whereas I'm the other way around, I'm sort of quite retrospective and I found school easy, um, whereas I find adult life really difficult. So, yeah, I think, you know, to be honest, I was creative in school. I loved art. That was my favourite subject. I loved creating things in my hands. I loved art Um, and I did art at GCSE and then I did art at AF level as well. And in my mind, I actually quite wanted to go to art school and, you know, maybe do fine art or history of art or something like that. At the time, they may disagree, but I felt like this was the case at the time. Both my parents and the head teacher were basically like, "Your art taking up too much time; it's going to affect your other grades." You know, I don't think you know you can't make any money doing art or anything like that. And I dropped it for A level. Um, And looking back, I I feel like that's not what I wanted. Maybe at the time I was in agreement. I'm I'm not really sure, Um, but I do strongly feel that I should have gone down a more creative pathway. But in the end, we'll talk about the business later. All that's happened is I've gone full circle, basically. Mm. Um, So I think that, you know, I started this kind of like very long winded response saying that the school system puts you on a path. And I think it does. But if you're strong enough and you stick to who you are and you follow your gut feelings, you will end up coming back there. Um, even if you take a different path you know how many creators do we know that started out doing banking or started out doing something else yeah got burnt out through their 20s and in their 30s they've been like I'm not doing this anymore and you just come back again so yeah I think that's probably the lesson really is to try and listen to yourself throughout school really find out what you're good at and what you are passionate about and then you know think about what that path can take you on. And you don't have to go to university, even if you're academic, you can go and do different courses. There are so many opportunities there now. Don't just think that you have to go to university. Um absolutely agree. I'm nearly finished. I've been so so long winded in my response. In the end, um, you know, I went to university, I started off picking philosophy, and then when I got to university, I actually changed to modern languages. Um, I mixed ah. a bit of English literature in there as well. Um, but ended up with the languages, and of course, like I can't deny that those languages have set me in good stead for where I am now. And you know, we can cover that later. So, mm. yeah, I'll um, I'll stop on answering now because I feel like that was really long.
0: <laughs> no, I I'm so, like I'm I'm absolutely lapping it up. I I feel like I'm going to go off piece slightly, but we we'll roll with it slightly. I'm okay. so yeah. passionate about this conversation around school like and how like, my daughters of like she's 6 she's in year 2
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you know it it is gearing you up to it is yeah. gearing up the academics do you listen to um diary of Your Ce- diary of a ceo yeah, yeah. and did absolutely. you listen to the yeah, yeah. um jimmy uh oh the comedian can't remember there was an episode with him and he was jimmy yes
1: Yes. Yeah, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's on one of the ones that I want to listen to. Like, I don't manage to quite listen to it weekly, but I sort of like pick which ones I want to listen to. And I haven't done that one yet, but I really want to.
0: It's really good. He talks about the academic system and, you know, how we don't need another sort of like be standard scientist or whatever like sod the science or whatever if you're not good at it let the kids focus on what they're good at it's a shame that it has to go full circle like you said you obviously did go full circle and and sometimes we don't know what we want to do like and who we want to be and most of the time we don't and it's something that you know just sort of happens over time but yeah just on that topic I just feel really passionate about the fact that the system is very much pigeonholing us into being a particular person or a particular route and
1: um yeah I think what's really sad to think about is the number of people that are sort of like in jobs that they're not happy in or that they're not feeling is feeding their soul in any way um and that are too scared to get out of that job. Mm. You know, it could take them until they're in their forties or their fifties. Um and I guess my answer is don't waste time. Like you are not you're not here to be doing something that doesn't feed your soul or make you happy. So you know it may take a a while but try and put your energy at least into getting to that point for yourself more than anything. Absolutely um, and I think that's true of relationships as well. You know, put your energy into what makes your soul feel good essentially.
0: Oh yes. Got shivers down the back.
1: Mate, we've got deep really quickly yeah. this is gone this is gone quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. love a deep combo. Here we go. Oh. All the life lessons today. Um okay so I found that really really interesting so talk to me about how what what was the next phase so I mean I can obviously see the link in the languages but what happened next where did you go what did you do
1: (laughs) I mean (laughs) it is like well I thought I graduated um and I think I was only I did a four-year course because when you do languages you do your year abroad as well Yeah. Um, so I graduated, I would set quite a young age, considering I'd done a four-year course. I'd only just turned 22 when I graduated, because um, I went to uni straight at 18, but I'm, my, I'm a July, I have a July birthday, so I went sort of quite, I was just freshly 18, went to uni, did a four-year course. Um, on my year abroad, I sort of dabbled in bits and pieces. I lived in Paris for seven, eight months, which was amazing, and I got to work in like a fashion PR agency, um, which was just like a dream, because you basically were like, working with all these brands and selecting this stuff to go out to the magazine amazing um and at the time I kind of didn't realize how like cool that was but we were working with all like you know Elle, Vogue, um, L'Officiel which is another like amazing French magazine like for fashion and I got to do all that and then I went to sort of like um live in Tuscany for a couple of months which to be honest is just a holiday um but essentially (laughs) to learn learn Italian better Um, I came back and I sort of um, finished my degree and then I just went straight into a job. I needed to work. um, I needed to get some money under my belt. I didn't want to go to London. Um, Literally everyone from my university kind of like migrates to London um, and a lot of them end up working in the financial sector. Or, you know, other sort of high-powered jobs in London. It's just like a mass sort of migration, I call it. (laughs) Um, Which is brilliant if you want to do that. But I'm not a city girl. I'm very much a country girl. I don't like, well, found eventually that I don't like choosing things within the mould at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just wanted to get some money under my belt. And I ended up just working in a job sort of on a local level for sort of like a local fashion lifestyle magazine. Um, sort of a mix of things really it was an agency so your skills were kind of fairly um, widely developed through sort of like um, marketing like media sales Um, I produced some fashion shows a bit of editorials stuff like that Um, and I sort of worked there for I think nearly two years actually Um, and it was like a February day it was raining outside you know I was working really hard you know any job that I do I, I put a lot into it um, and I was just thinking, I speak two languages outside of English. Why am I in England at this point in time on a dreary winter day when I could be doing so much more? Um, and I think because I've never done a gap year for university, i would never had that travelling time. I was just like, right, I need to find myself an experience and go abroad for a couple of years and then come back and settle down, you know, <laughs> the usual settle down. Um, and I literally just googled the most beautiful place in Italy. This is a true story. Um, and I'd already been to Tuscany, so I was kind of pinpointing where I wanted to go. I knew I didn't want to go to France. I liked it there, but I just prefer Italy. Um, and the Positano came up, and I don't know if you have seen pictures of Positano or if you know of it. It's beautiful. Very beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And I sort of started looking into the Amalfi Coast, and I was like, oh, this looks really nice. Mm. And then I was thinking, I want something to put on my CV. You know, I've worked in bars for ages. I don't need to do that anymore. What can I, like, what can I work in using my languages to kind of put on my CV, just have something for the future? And I found like this wedding planning agency. And I literally just messaged her and said, that, these are my skills. I'd like to do this. You know, I think I could be quite good. Do you have anything available? And she said, yes. Um, and it just spiralled from there basically wow. and it was never my my intention for this to be a career I never thought I was going to set up a business never ever ever I was literally going to do like a couple of seasons have a great time you know work in this business Um, and eventually I did two seasons and um, I loved it, but I kind of like I needed more, and I needed to be my own boss and have more flexibility because we weren't allowed much holiday. The summer season is crazy, so you can't you can't go anywhere, you can't have holiday, and I just wasn't really enjoying life as much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I and the key factor to this is actually my partner John, who I met out in on the Amalfi Coast. Uh, and it's very cliche. You know, a lot of expats go to the code, They meet someone. They settle down there. And I fell into the cliche of this <laughs> <laughs> well. um, But, yeah, the difference is that John is half English, half Italian. So I literally get the best of both worlds in one person. And he is quite entrepreneurial. He's very grounded. Like, he's really emotionally mature as well. And I love that. And he just said, look, just do something yourself don't fret about it, just do it. And I'm like, okay, you know, we come from a culture. Well, now I think it's a bit different, but 10, 10, 12 years ago, you didn't do that. You didn't leave a stable job and just go and start a business. That wasn't a thing, whereas he was just like, just do it. Um, And I feel like that culture in England has now caught up again. You know, people do leave their stable jobs to go out and do a creative career um but still with a bit of reticence you know people were like oh no I'm going to start my creative thing on the side of my actual job and then I'm going to go into it um so yeah thanks to him I was just like all right then I'll judge give this a go um and that's how it started it literally was just yeah a kind of like series of things happening that led to that there was no there was not a lot of intention I'd say <laughs> not a lot of intention at all <laughs> I love that I,
0: I yeah. love like it just the path kind of just sort of all lined up really for you didn't it
1: yep exactly yep and yeah thanks to John um we're still we're still here really as well oh I love
0: that he's part of the story too
1: yeah he, he knows he's part of the story yeah he
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so I mean, one of my questions was going to be, why did you decide to sort of focus the business around Italy? But obviously, you know, it's because you were out there, you were living there. Yeah. That's where you'd learn. Yeah. I, I mean, that's where you'd learn to be a wedding planner, really, as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's what you exactly. know. Yeah, no, it was. And the thing was, for me, I think, like you know, the agencies I worked in previously, they're, they're amazing. I still, I'm still friends with them now. Some of my really good friends are, are in are in there as well. So, I mean, I have only good things to say. At the time, I, you know, again, there wasn't a lot of intent behind this. I just needed more flexibility for myself. Personally, I wanted to be able to go backwards and forwards. You know, I didn't want to be living full time in Italy, um, which, you know, is something that's become more apparent over time. Um, But I wanted to do something more design focused Mm. because I felt like the creative side needed to come out. It could be more personal. I wanted everything to be more sort of bespoke and hence the name boutique. Boutique now is a very cliche word again, but at the time it wasn't. Like it was, I was trying to use it to kind of give the impression that, you know, you can um, have everything within this one agency, which is why we do the flowers as well, because I feel like design is so innate to planning a wedding, that even if you're a wedding planner and you're selecting the rentals, you're selecting the music to give a certain experience, the aesthetics also, you know, really, really affect that overall experience. I just wanted a kind of like a very yeah an agency that did everything to be able to make sure that experience is delivered from start to finish without any kind of like possibility of it not being perfect in the meantime that
0: mm. well let's talk about that because that is that is something that is not usual is not typical of the industry no. and no. I think is amazing and when we first met I was like wow I love that because you are literally pushing outside of the norms and I'm very here for that in the wedding industry because I think there is too much of this is what we do. And it shouldn't be this is what we do. It can be do it however you want to do it and fit the client that you want to work with. And there is no like box. I'm bored of the box. So talk to me about how long were you into business before you started, before you decided to do the flowers as well? And how, how is that taken in the industry? How do you manage that? Ooh, because yeah. that's bonkers. <laughs> like, tell me all the things. Oh, There's so many things.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it was fairly soon, fairly like pretty soon in. Um, I think I'd done a couple of things. Um, and I'd sort of done these really detailed mood boards, and I'd sort of like employed someone locally, and I'd told them right down to. What ribbon shade I wanted, how I wanted the ribbon tied on the bouquet, for example. Um, So it was pretty specific. And yeah, I kept getting a product that was not at all that. Don't get me wrong, I know that like a florist, if you like, you know, go externally, wants to have their own mark on Mm -hmm. things. But if you've got someone designing for you, saying that it needs to be like this because this is what the bride wants and this is what the aesthetic of the wedding is, whatever, it needs to be like that. That's how you deliver, basically. Um, And I was just getting a bit fed up having something that I didn't think looked really good and aesthetics is important to me because I am a bit of a perfectionist on that side of things and that comes from the artistic side which you know I realized in time I didn't know that I don't think I was as conscious of it at the time um so I literally just started from one day to the next I was like right how can I get my flowers from around here I had no one really supporting me in that I didn't know how to get to the market locally where we are on the Amalfi coast it's not the place that you go to as a single woman, not knowing anybody, like it's quite a um, closed environment, let's okay. say. Um, so at the time I worked out, I found some, I found a contact in Holland. I made myself an account with like the Dutch, Dutch um, suppliers and I started ordering my own flowers in and it just started that way. I have never done a flower course. I've never been trained. I've never worked with a florist. So actually, it is absolutely mental. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> I'm know, here for it. There was some judgment at the I'm time. So yeah, there was a lot of judgment it. locally. Yeah, a lot of judgment locally at the time. You know, I know that planners were like, what does she think she's doing? Like, a wedding planner is not a florist. And then the florists were like, what? A wedding planner can't be a florist. Um, and I'm sure at the beginning, you know, like I didn't do things that, that were that great at the beginning. They were fine. But, you know, but now I look back, I'm like, oh, but at the time, they were nice, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I literally just started and I learned by making mistakes. And I think that's important in business. Absolutely. You can learn from making mistakes. If you make the mistake, the important thing is that you learn from it. Um, failings are not a bad thing. Um, obviously, at the time, you know, the failings were internal to like what we were doing. The couples had no idea if something went wrong or whatever, everything was delivered as as they wanted it to be. Um, But I basically learned making mistakes. um, And it was an extremely like difficult and stressful two years. But now I look back and I'm like, would I change that? Probably not, because we wouldn't be where we are today if I hadn't gone through all of that difficulty um, to kind of like, yeah, be able to deliver what we deliver now. and really, again, I'm gonna mention it again, going full circle, that I grew up in the countryside, my dad's a farmer, my mum had an amazing or had an amazing garden at the time. Um, and I didn't realize, but I think this was in my blood all along, basically. Um, um, and I say that because a couple of years ago, I was looking through some old pictures and I found a picture of me, tiny me, like I'm like six or seven, having made a flower arrangement And had like entered it into some like local faith or something like that, you know, like village faith. And I was absolutely beaming. And I wondered like, actually, was this my path of where long? And I just didn't know. Um, And I think it's a very much, it happens far too often that we just lose touch with child, the child version of ourselves. Whereas actually, we should maybe connect with that and you know maybe that's the root of who we really are and we just have to explore that more but as an adult we just get stuck in the rat race and you don't explore that um so yeah I've rambled a lot again so I hope that's actually sort of semi-answer no adventure. it's great
0: I think it's so interesting and <laughs> like, I just I can't get over the fact that you do the flowers as well like and and the fact that you found that photo and it is literally like there like waiting for you to find again I
1: found it and I was like oh yeah I was like oh actually this this, this makes sense yeah it's amazing um so yeah I think I felt all the kind of like like prejudice and judgment that I knew was happening at the time kind of melt away at that point because I was like actually I don't care and I actually now think and obviously this may be a little bit controversial I think that someone who does flowers that maybe isn't formally trained almost does it slightly better. Oh, that's going to be controversial, isn't it? Only because, ooh, only because at that point you are not put in a mould. When you train um, technically or whatever, you're put more into a mould of how to do things. Whereas if you're completely liberal and free to do as you like, um, you know, artistically, I think that comes out more. Um but you could be sort of very professionally and technically trained and it would just take more time for you to actually realize what your own style was. I'm not saying better, I suppose. That's not really maybe the right word. Um but I think you're freer and more liberal if you haven't been trained in mm-hmm. a certain way.
0: Yeah, you're not looking at it from the same perspective. Like I actually like
1: I yeah, understand
0: yeah. this because I dabble with flowers, but I have massive massive imposter syndrome with it like I cannot tell you I feel like all my like florist friends I I don't actually know if they're doing this and they're probably not but I feel like they're looking at me like Lauren what the fuck are you doing and what is that (laughs) I just can't get my head like I I can't get over it and I don't I don't dabble with like weddings I do it for private parties like on like a smaller scale I definitely could not take on like what I'm trying to say, your weddings, I've seen the pictures, like the scale of some of the flowers is insane. So the fact that you've had oh, to get, no. I mean, you you must have got over a massive bulk of imposter syndrome. Something I've learned over the last year is that everybody still has it. But oh, you yeah, are no producing thing. some absolute epicness. And I need to know,
1: Tell us, how do
0: you manage that as well as planning the wedding? Because I can just about manage it with like small private parties when it's like bud vases and like two urns, you know, that kind of, I'm, I'm here for that. Some of the things I've seen you do, how? Please tell me, this is where the entrepreneur and the businesswoman is just like, yes,
1: smash no, it No, I mean, I don't even think I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't even think I'm an entrepreneur this I think I'm just <laughs> mental, basically. That is what it comes down to. I am actually mental. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's madness. Um, it is. It was madness. Now it's a lot more organised. Um, yeah, I don't even know how. I am a really hard worker. I do all hours of the day and night. Um, I'm here, there and everywhere. And I, put, I have put a lot of hours into this business. Um, and... I would say now it took me the hardest part about the flower side of things was actually, like, the logistics yeah. side of things. I am naturally, like, I'm naturally not, a, like, uh, I'm just not minded like that, basically. I'm like, give me the creative, give me the vision. I can deliver the vision, not yeah. an issue. The logistics is the really hard side of things, and I have learned how critical that is. It's almost more critical than the, the beauty that mm-hmm. you're delivering. Because especially on the Amalfi Coast, like in the UK, most venues, you can drive up with a van, get it out of the van. You're kind of like walking on a pretty level surface or you're not going to do too many steps to get to the venue. On the Amalfi Coast, like most of them, you can't even get no. with a car. You can only get through with a golf buddy that can fit a limited amount of stuff on it. Some of it you can only get to by manpower. And that is going up hundreds of flights of stairs with men with stuff on oh, wow. their backs. Like it is mental. And I'm fully convinced that now I can do flowers on the amount of coats, I can pretty much do them anywhere, because it's so minimal yeah. that actually ever disagrees. debris. <laughs>
0: How do you manage kind of the planning of it? Like the actual, like in the the in-office, like it's just so much more of a workload
1: yeah so I mean it's, it's taken a long time to kind of get a set sort of way of us to do things so I am um we have the girls that do the planning side of things so we have uh, three planners now we have a we have Scarlett and we have Amazing. Sarah and they all have their sort of like their assigned clients as such and they are like the day-to-day contact for the planning and organization side of things obviously we're a small team I'm really present um, and I kind of cover more like visuals and the design side nice. of things. And then my job is also to source, um, you know, manage the logistics and the flowers team, get the staff books in for that. I all, I personally select all of the flowers. Um, that is my thing. And I don't think I can ever let that go because I, I know exactly which flowers I want. Um, learning quantities was fun. That was very stressful for a while. Yeah. But um, I just learned to sort of like overbuy rather than underbuy which isn't a good business decision but i've got it right now um and yes i won't like because that's so key to the vision the type of flower i find is really important um and then basically over the course especially the last year um the like we have regular people that join us in our flowers team and they're all amazing they've now learned how i like to do things and we've just got our rhythm kind of thing um Prior to that, I took on way too much of the stress. But this last year, 2022, out of necessity, I've just had to learn to take what is in my brain and delegate. And I know that all small business owners find that really mm-hmm. hard, or maybe not all of them, but most have that challenge at some point. Whereas now, I've like, I started to get it kind of end of 2021. Um, but last in the last year, I feel like I've like got it now. And I cannot tell you how satisfying it is to stand back and see your team succeeding at everything it's just like it's so satisfying um and it's just so nice to have seen everybody grow this year and completely taken responsibility for the things that they're doing and just being like oh you know what this is this is good um so yeah it's taken a lot of hard work effort a lot of mistakes and learning um and thankfully again John has just been by my side um he is an architect Um, And an architect in Italy also does kind of interior design, project management, building site management, and all of that. And he has literally been the person to be like, right, you are not going to manage this in time, the stuff that you've got in your head. So we need to do this, this, and this. Um, So really, again, massive thank you.
0: he's like a silent partner. I love it. Like
1: kind of big support and cheerleader. I'm, I'm extremely, yeah, I'm really lucky. I really am, actually. And again, without him, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. Like, that is... Oh,
0: shivers, guys. Shivers. I'm
1: (laughs) going to (laughs) to this. I need to send a list after. like, can you listen to this?
0: Oh, I love it. It's just amazing. Like, I love how, you know, you've obviously successfully grown the team. Like, the journey from sort of letting go of certain things and knowing which things you don't want to let go of. Like, I totally appreciate that. You know, there are when it's your art as well it's very difficult you can't hand that over to somebody because that is you and you are your brand you know and you can have people within your team but there are certain things that actually you can't you can't hand out and it's definitely a process learning to let go learning to delegate learning who's gonna do what what you're gonna keep for yourself like learning to step back geez that's takes time definitely yeah. takes
1: time but it feels so good when you do like it really feels like amazing like this year I feel like I just peaked. not because we did loads of like loads of weddings really loads of flowers and loads of production whatever it wasn't because of that I literally feel like I succeeded this year maybe for the first time ever because I think it was, especially in the last wedding of the year I didn't feel extremely stressed like the I cannot tell you the anxiety and stress that I have had to go through over the last five years and we all do as small business owners have that Mm. on some level um for the first time I didn't start to feel stressed about the wedding it was literally like a switch it was about halfway through the season and I was like I don't feel stressed and it felt alien to me and I was stressed because I wasn't feeling (laughs) stressed which was just (laughs) <laughs> um, and I was like, why am I not feeling really stressed? You would um, But actually, I realized that, you know, anxiety and stress doesn't drive, it can drive you, but it isn't a healthy mm-hmm. drive for making those next steps. Uh, and yeah, I just sort of like, that was the first realization and time that I felt like I was like, not that stressed, and I was actually okay. Um, I was tired and exhausted, but I was like, oh, actually, you know what, maybe, maybe we have got this, like, maybe we are all right at what we do kind of thing. Um, and not because I don't think the team are amazing. I think they are amazing. But like internally, I just feel like I let go a little bit of that mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. It's still there. Don't get me wrong. But like just a little bit of it was quashed, I would say. <laughs> it's a process, <laughs>
0: isn't it? It's a process. And yeah. like just just touching on the imposter syndrome again, like it is such a bonkers thing. Like I, I found yeah. last year you know because we we all suffer from it and I think you've got people that you look up to whether it's in your own industry whether it's just in life in general that you think wow they're amazing da, da, da. I met a couple of people last year that you know I really sort of put up here in the industry and then mm-hmm. chatting to them they've got imposter syndrome too and you're like yeah we yeah. are all like just running around with this imposter syndrome and then everybody else around you is thinking wow you're doing such a good job yet on your own you're kind of going oh god like what am I doing da, 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 da. I think yeah. I just want to voice that yeah. to anyone listening like we've all got it yeah. we've it's all got normal. it and we yeah. have to learn to deal with it but it's always going to be there it's whether you yeah. listen to it or whether you kind of just keep pushing past it isn't it crack on break the boundaries and the rules get outside the box
1: (laughs) yeah exactly getting outside the box but I think just chipping away at it slowly is really good and you will get there to the point that you don't let it hold you back um and you know again we we work from amazing people and they they all have it like there's um, I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning our lovely friend Joy Proctor. She's a designer in the US and she is amazing. Like she is the best at what she does, uh, you know, on like even a global scale as well. And even she has it. And when I found that out, I was like, sure, you must be joking. Because like, how how can you have this? Um, but that made me realize that really at all through the levels, like everybody has this on yeah. some level. Um, and I think all that you can do is just literally slowly chop away at it. And eventually one day you'll be able to sit with it and be like, actually, you know, I know I have it, but I feel Mm. okay about it. You know, it's there, but I'm not going to let it kind of like affect me too much. And I think if you can learn to sit with it and be okay with it, that's when you'll be like, okay,
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that's great advice. Um, Is there any any other advice really that you think would be helpful for people sort of starting out in, in business, really? Anything that you've kind of learned along the way that you think is really useful advice?
1: Um, maybe a couple of things yeah I think I mean my I always sort of go back to um, just do it basically we've got a little quote up in our office and it says um, turn your can'ts into cans um, and your thoughts into plans or your dreams into plans nice. or something like that um, and I do sort of like really stand by that you know don't let your perception or worries or anxiety stop you from doing those things and I think when it comes to business and entrepreneurship and all of that um, you know it sometimes feels safer to just stay working for somebody else or it feels safer to um you know not push yourself but you should be feeling out of your comfort zone that is good for you not to the point obviously that's you know affecting you negatively but it's actually a healthy feeling and it's okay to feel outside of your comfort zone Um, And if you are in your comfort zone all the time, then you should be trying to step out of it because that's how you can make progress and growth. Um, So I think growth can only come from making yourself a little bit uncomfortable um, and sort of, yeah, letting go of those kind of like insecurities and whatever. So, yeah, turn your can'ts into cans and your thoughts into plans and then just do it, basically.
0: just wanted to very quickly interrupt this episode to update those go-getters and action takers if you haven't already checked out our digital shop and in particular our content strategy template then you are in for an absolute treat with our exact system replicated for you to grab hold of with a workbook to go alongside it on building your brand pillars and topics it's an absolute Game changer to helping you put out the right content online. No more guessing, no more wasting time, and no more putting out content that doesn't actually attract your ideal client. All our coaching clients have found huge success in our strategy and have seen how much of a change it has made to attracting their ideal client and to also just saving them time and building content in a way that is just so much more productive. So if you want to create intentional content, get visible to the right people online and save time being more productive, it's available in the digital shop for you now.
1: maybe something that I, sort of I maybe did that a little bit too quickly and it was too crazy and stressful for the first couple of years. So I do sometimes wish that at the time I'd sort of been a bit more, um, seeking a little bit more maybe mentorship or speaking um, to others within our community. Mm. Um, at the time, it's better now, I think, the destination wedding industry was quite sort of like. Oh, a little bit bitchy and a little bit like oh she's doing this and they're doing that kind of thing um whereas actually I think there's a lot to be said for having community within the sector that you're trying to work in totally um because there's enough business to go around and you will always attract clients that are attracted to you and whatever you offer versus whatever someone else offers like the original don't copy it doing it, because you will have something unique to offer um so I think that, yeah, seeking sort of like support within the community or some kind of mentorship at the beginning to kind of help you with those little hurdles that naturally come up within the business is a really good thing to do.
0: Totally, totally agree. You can you can end up saving so much time and stress as well, can't you? Yeah. Just, just from yeah, power really hours, for example. There's lots of coaches yeah. out there. Yeah. We do it Absolutely. as well. Just, you know, having those yeah. hours to just kind of get on track or work out like yeah. pitfalls or you know anything just
1: something like that yeah exactly so it's definitely something I wish I'd done at the time and yeah I mean I if anyone wants to speak to me message me and I'll be happy to, to speak to them um because yeah I just think it's something really important and you know we should encourage this idea of community for sure 100% because
0: otherwise you are you are like finding your way in the dark you're literally like foraging yeah. around kind of trying to suss it out it's fun to a certain degree, but advice yeah. is always, always great, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, are there any sort of moments throughout your journey with your company that are real stand out like, that was fucking hard and that was a big lesson?
1: Um, yeah, there's a couple. Um, I won't be too specific. 2018 was really hard, really, really hard year. And I sort of came out of the 2018 season. It, that was kind of our first, like, full season, I'd call it. Um, so the business sort of started, oh, my God, I can't remember, like, around 2016, 2017. 2017, we had a few weddings, which was lovely, um, um, really not that many. And then 2018, I just filled with weddings. Mm-hmm. And I, it was way too much. Um, and I just, like, that was a really hard year for me mentally. And I really lost track of many things for myself we delivered the wedding they went really well Mm -hmm. um however I sort of came out of that year basically traumatized and said I never want to have a year like that again ever like I can't I can't go through that um and that was the year when I sort of started suffering I would say with my sort of mental health and stress and my first panic attacks as well that was that year um and 2019 was quieter. 2020 was very quiet. Yeah. Obviously.
0: 2020
1: was shy. Um, 2021, <laughs> yeah. 2021 still pretty quiet. And 2022 was kind of a year, a bit like 2018, but I was older and wiser last year. You were ready. Um, so while, yeah, I was. Well, yeah, I don't think I would. I would say I was ready. <laughs> um, because it was extremely difficult. And again, I've come off the back of last year, being like, I am never doing that again. And I really mean it this time. Like we have gone from having a ridiculous number of weddings like everyone in our industry had Mm. and we have got a third of that this year, maybe even less than a third, because I just refuse. I'm not doing that again. It's not what our business is about. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I we sort of like when we did our team meeting at the start of this year, I sort of said to the girls like I want everyone to have a goal for this year and I want them to achieve that goal um and I sort of asked all of them and we've gone through everything and then they turned to me and said right what's yours then and obviously like you don't as a director and manager sometimes you don't sort of put yourself in that position you want to make sure your team are okay and and they've got their goals and then they turned to me and said oh what's yours then and I was like oh my god um and I realized that what came out of that I had sort of two words and one was clarity Mm -hmm. and that was just sort of related to processes how i wanted to do things and what i wanted to sort of where this business was going to be sat, um, and the other one was headspace um, and i think that the hardest moments for me have been related to my anxiety and my stress and my own mental health and this year i'm going to be putting myself in a good place mentally um, and that means making changes in my personal life to affect the business in the best way possible because at the end of the day you are your business if you're not looking after yourself your business is going to suffer I've been lucky to this point that that hasn't happened but it has been this close like it could have all gone very wrong and it's it's been in the balance a few too many times and yeah I won't go through that again Mm. um yeah there's been some very 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 low moments um but that's yeah that's in the past now (laughs) (laughs) Bless you.
0: It's so hard, isn't it? I mean, one of the things that I love to talk about on on this pod is our mental health as entrepreneurs, because I think it's so easily overlooked, you know. it's it's so easily overlooked like we've got to do all the things you know but actually if we're not looking after ourselves we can't do all the things and I am a massive mental health advocate I mean it's so important are there any sort of boundaries or sort of things that you're putting in place this year to sort of try and help help with your balance
1: yeah so I mean in terms of boundaries we are actually quite good at that and again that's because I learned very quickly Mm. that with working with couples you know it, it, their wedding is so important to them it is everything for them and that can easily seep into your mindset as well at the end of the day this is business this is work and don't get me wrong when you work in weddings it's a lifestyle right you know yeah. as well it's a lifestyle it's amazing the the highs are so high but the lows can be so low if you're not careful um so we do have quite a lot of boundaries in play, place I make sure that couples expectations are managed from the beginning And I'm not afraid of, you know, if the girls are working with a couple and, like, it's really not happening this year because I basically have got really good at choosing our clients, like, really Mm -hmm. good at choosing who's going to be, you know, ideal for us, who's going to be great to work with, so that the client has a great experience, but we also have a great experience. Um, And I'm not afraid to um, sort of, like, say to the client, look, this isn't really acceptable um, for our boundaries and whatever. Um, And I think it's important to be able to kind of set that from fairly early on and make sure that clients know that we are extremely passionate about their wedding. It is everything for us as well. However, it is still a job for us. It's still work. And there are time boundaries and things too. You know, like WhatsApp, for example. I'm not planning a wedding. Me neither, no. We have WhatsApp. Yeah, we have WhatsApp groups for when the couple is traveling because it's important that they have access, you know, to our help and assistance whilst they're traveling their visit trips, or their Mm -hmm. wedding. We're not planning a wedding on WhatsApp in the meantime. You know, we have an amazing planning software for the planning. We're going to be using that. Um, So, yeah, little things like that I think are important. You know, managing expectations is a big one. Like, right from the start, the client should know what's happening. They should know what's going to be, um, you know, how things are going to take place and so on. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a good tip. Um, With everything else, you know whatever makes you feel good you should be trying to do that in your personal time because then you're going to feel better when you go back to work um you know don't don't try and work you know outside of in your personal time like try and have that boundary mm. and I know and I'm sure if you find the saying that that is really difficult especially in your business and you're thinking about it all the time you can't you can't get around yeah <laughs> um but find something that is your hobby that's your headspace it gives you your clarity whilst you're in the headspace, my two girls' words mm-hmm. to be in, Um, so that you can be more productive and bring your best self to your business.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love that.
1: And for me, like what, what I find incredible is that you're a mum, like the idea of doing any <clears throat> of this whilst being a mother, like that blows my mind. Like, <laughs> I couldn't, I can't how do you do it I have no idea (laughs) it's been a challenge
0: that has definitely been a journey yeah I'm in a new chapter this year like both of mine are now at school so this is the first year I can go to the gym like in six seven years and that's my headspace that's my that's my clarity that's my feel good like and that has to happen because otherwise
1: yeah I think physical physical health like i mean like feeling fit, all of those things and i don't mean this from an aesthetic point of view it has such an impact on your mental absolutely. health absolutely you know getting outside, getting fresh air getting a walk in moving your body those things for me as well like that's that's on my list this year i need to be like feeling physically fit because then like again your mental health is completely better and you can bring your best self that way
0: yeah i mean i i, I like to feel healthy but i mainly do it for my for my mental health like that's Mm -hmm. that's that's what it's for I need you need that space that kind of that time out like a good sweat feels good as well you know you actually feel like you're clearing out all the crap from the week or whatever like you're holding on to Mm -hmm. but yeah absolutely um okay so what does 2023 look like for your because I know that you're kind of you know there's a few different things that are may be happening talk to me
1: um well in terms of like the wedding boutique italy like for a long time i thought like should i rebrand because we started we worked in france last year Mm -hmm. as well we get requests all the time to do things outside of italy um and i was just you know like oh should i rebrand you know this is it's not you know the wedding boutique italy isn't sort of matching all of those other things as well at Mm -hmm. the moment Um, but having spoken to like a a big number of people that like, no, like it works as a brand, don't change it. Um, so on the back of that, I'm sort of leaving the wedding particularly Italy be because it does function. It is recognizable, I think. Um, and enough people know of us and now sort of like within the industry that it kind of works and it functions really well for destination weddings in Italy. What I am doing is developing sort of like a sister brand that can cover everywhere else. Um, So we are, we have our office in Suffolk in the UK, just because that's where I'm from. Um, Obviously we're on the Amati Coast as well, so we have those two bases for the wedding and ticketing. But because we've got our UK base as well already, we have the possibility to work here as well. I'm, you know, starting a brand to kind of basically encompass that, being able to work here and being able to work sort of everywhere else as well. we are lucky enough to be going outside of Europe for a project this year, which is extremely exciting. Mm. Um, And yeah, just like through different connections, things are sort of like developing and I just feel the need to have a brand that is reflective of that. Um, But at the same time, I don't want to, you know, the wedding particularly is functioning really well, you know, working. So I don't want to touch that or, you know, break that. Um so the answer is to kind of develop a brand um that's more all encompassing outside of that. Um which is exciting. So we are, you know, we will be able to work in the UK. Um again, very selectively, like I'm really quite selective about the work that we do, the projects that we take on, the people that we work with. Um but yeah, I mean we're only sort of like 20 minutes from um Wilderness Reserve, which I'm sure you've heard of. Amazing wedding location in the UK. Um, which is like you know the proximity to that is really helpful Um, and yeah we're totally open so you know anyone that wants to connect with us for work here let us know um, or anywhere else to be honest so yeah we're we're pretty like yeah open to kind of global connections at the moment I I love that
0: and what do you think sort of made (laughs) you kind of want to sort of dip a toe back in or well, not a dip a toe back in but sort of like spread your wings sort of like back over to yeah. the UK because I also find it really interesting that you do live half the year here and half the year
1: in Italy. Yeah that's a whole thing
0: on not yeah. <laughs> I mean I love it you've literally got uh, yeah. the best of both but talk to me about that. Yeah
1: uh, it's very difficult actually because <laughs> When you sort of move away, well, I went away not thinking that I would stay away, obviously. Um, and people don't kind of warn you that you'll sort of end up spending the rest of your life with your heart a little bit, well, broken isn't the right word, to into, let's say. Um, so you kind of end up moving away and you never quite feel whole again because, you know, I love Italy. I feel an element of home there. John is there a lot of the time because his work is based over there because he sort of does hotels, restaurants. Um, on the Amalfi Coast um, and he needs to be there during the winter so that's where his work is um and obviously we need to be there in the summer so we have this kind of um thing going on at the same time I um for my mental health I have horses um that's my sport that's what I grew up with I love it and um I like to do it competitively as well and that's what makes me feel good it's like a And I tried tried having that out in Italy and I had my horse out there for a while um, because that's what helps me to get that balance between sort of like personal and and work. Um, But it didn't quite work out and there isn't the culture for sort of like, or not on the scale that I want anyway, for competitive riding in my sphere out there. So I kind of got drawn back partly because of that, but also because like I just, I can't live in Italy full time. I love it. Don't get me wrong but living there full-time is very mm-hmm. different. Um, so I find the best balance for me is both. Um, so, yeah, and also just work-wise, like I love having the office space over here. The girls are amazing. And it is now starting to work really well to be able to have that base, kind of like a more like a home base here and then are kind of more like a satellite base on the coast basically. Mm-hmm. So it is a weird lifestyle. And for a while it was very tiring. Now I find it quite um, much more balanced. Um, and it's not for everybody, um, but yeah, I love being able to travel, I like the best of both worlds, and that's just what works for me, really. But having the horses is, is really important to me like, really important, basically what I work for. I oh, think. <laughs> yes, oh,
0: amazing. I, again, you're yeah. just
1: breaking the mold and you're
0: creating a life and a business that works for you and what you want to do, yeah. and I just think that's fucking amazing,
1: yeah yeah I I mean again it's been it's not been easy I seem to like have a propensity to make the difficult choice and never the (laughs) easy choice and I don't know if that's a good thing or not (laughs) I'm sort of like I think going into the future I need to start making some easier choices but you know that's um yeah that's how it is (laughs) I think it's
0: epic I really do um right I have two questions for you two final questions that I ask all the guests on the pod um the first mm-hmm. one is, what does entrepreneurship look like to you?
1: Oh, God. Yeah, what does entrepreneurship look like to you? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think um, ah, probably something like thinking outside the box, as in entrepreneurship doesn't have a mould to it. There is no bound. There are no boundaries. There is no limitation. So for me, it's the recognition that there are no limitations. That you can do anything that you want to, and that you put your mind to, and that you work for. Um. So for me, entrepreneurship is kind of like letting go of all of those limitations and boundaries, and just doing it. Yeah. And not having those reservations. Um. That's what that is to me because there's just that idea that you can do anything you can create anything you can go anywhere um and there is no set path or boundary which i think is kind of like a kind of thread that we keep coming mm. back to to be honest throughout this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so probably yeah probably that i would say um i think i think that's what i'm gonna love go it
0: and final question, what are the three fundamentals to your business that you couldn't live without? Now, this could be anything. It could be a type of technology or Ooh. software. It could be, like, for me, one of mine is coffee. Um, it could be your team. <laughs> Whatever. Like, <laughs> one of my guests told me that they were, it was their accountant. One of them was their accountant. So <laughs> oh, I understand that. Yeah, sure. what three things
1: Yeah, could you not yeah, live That's that a one? really good question. Um, the team. Like I, they're in business, you know, you are important as a business owner and everything. But um, in business, it's like, you know, your business is the people that you are with and the people that are within your business. And yeah, I would, you, team, team is absolutely massive. There is no I in team, and you cannot um, get further on just mm-hmm. by yourself. You have to have a strong team, and you have to, I think. Um, genuinely want to see them grow and that is something that I get so much pleasure out of I like being able to give the tools um, you know the tools for them to succeed and then seeing them doing really well I just get so much out of that and um, so definitely team and I think that should actually be an answer for any business owner as well but that's just my opinion I think that team is, is critical um, um, what else Probably would have said something like alcohol in the past, to be honest. <laughs> but um, we've we've got past that a little bit for 2023. <laughs> not that I'm an alcoholic, but seriously, like there's there's quite a few times I'm like, I just need to drink. Um, no, I'm joking. That is not one of my three. Um, ooh, I kind of want to say something on like the design side. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I would define that as yet. But I think. Um, yeah, something on the design side. So I'd say like design and just creativity is really important to us, whether or not the small scale or the little things that we're choosing or we're trying to find and trying to source or like on a grander scale, just really trying to make trends and um, set them rather mm-hmm. than follow them, I would say. Um i don't really know how to define that as in a thing that i couldn't live without but i guess we'll just go broadly with creativity at that point what about the freedom to create yeah freedom to create yes absolutely but then i guess that's entrepreneurship right like you can Mm. actually do anything so there's nothing holding us back from doing something totally crazy if we want to true um so, yeah, team or freedom and then freedom to create and then a third one. It's a really hard question, actually. No, sorry. Oh, yeah, it's so hard. No, it's okay. What about um, your, soft,
0: your client software? You mentioned that you had an amazing client yeah, so we, software. Uh,
1: yeah, we have a really good software that I think is really important. So everyone has their own personal login. I mean, all, all the clients do. Um, and that has definitely revolutionized the way our team works as well. So that is really important. Um, it just means that everything's much more streamlined. You know, we haven't got attachments running around everywhere. Like it's just like it's really good and really useful. So that has mm. definitely revolutionised things. I feel like I'm going to come off this podcast and like I can think of a million other things. But um, <laughs> I did throw you in the, at deep the moment. End. We're going to, yeah, at the moment we're going to go with those three. I think. Yeah.
0: Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I have found it such an interesting conversation
1: super inspiring
0: (laughs) and you know I think that the running thread throughout is that you can break the mold you don't have to do the norm in your industry whatever your industry may be don't feel like you have to do what everyone else is doing because that's what you do that's not entrepreneurship you know break the mold get outside
1: your comfort zone do the do I think that's just something for life in general to be honest as well like even if you're you're younger older just um yeah just just go for it really don't you know don't follow those norms don't yeah maybe I'm a bit anti-conformist maybe that's what we're coming back to here I don't know I don't like being confined specifically and I think that you know you should you should, you, you are an individual follow that individuality and that uniqueness and you know yeah just kind of like yeah go for it really
0: do what makes you so happy.
1: Yeah, do what makes you so happy because, yeah, it's just really important. (laughs) Amazing.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I know that this is going to be an amazing episode for our our guests and I really appreciate you coming on. Guys, if you've enjoyed today's episode, then please be sure to share it. Take a screenshot of the episode, share to your stories and tag us. The more we grow, the better guests we can get on the pod for you. So we'd absolutely love your support. As a thank you, we will send you our... Repurposing Like a Boss workbook absolutely free, which is £15 in our digital shop. So, we really, really do appreciate you guys. Don't forget to tag us or we won't be able to see it. As always, I loved bringing you inspiring stories, juicy gems of wisdom, and some positivity into your week to give you the right mindset. If you haven't already, guys, then make sure you join the mailing list for more knowledge and tips, as well as community announcements for networking events and much more. Don't forget to follow the show over on Instagram at bluebird underscore And of course, if you enjoyed listening to our podcast, then please do hit follow and leave us a five star review. Those reviews help us keep doing what we're doing and bringing you the episodes that you love. Have a great week, guys. See you on the next one.